Good morning, Angelo. How are you doing today? Um, great to be with you, Barrett. Really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, you you are part of the story. So many people forget that those that are in that booth are a part of why we love sports so much. Yes, exactly. That's really what I'm trying to do in the whole book, try to explain to people why it's so important in our lives. And you're very truth-filled in this as well. I mean, you you, you don't hide behind rocks saying, oh, it's a glamorous life. We we go and we win with, and we lose with our team, but we still have this glamorous life. And it's a journey. It really has been a journey. No, I'll tell you the truth. But the way I worked it was, um, it was a glorious life when we won. And when we lost, we took no prisoners. And we got a lot of cathartic yeah. uh, effect out of that. We felt better when we blamed other people. <laughs> so it worked well both ways for us. <laughs> That's Philadelphia. <laughs> is that is that how you learn to deal with the armchair quarterbacks then? Because they always know more. Oh, my God. After a game, the armchair quarterbacks, they <laughs> wouldn't stop for days. Like the Eagles lost Sunday here against San Francisco, and it's uh, Thursday now, and they're still complaining. <laughs> it's going to take another game before they stop complaining. It sticks with you. It's in your DNA in Philly. This book is so important to future broadcasters in the way of calling the sport because so many of them are going into these schools of broadcasting thinking they're already the star and they haven't even done a high school game yet. You're so right about that. And here's the best advice I can give them as somebody who is in sports for 50 years. Stop worrying about whether the player is unhappy when you write something or say something. Stop worrying about the elders or the coaches and anybody else because none of them are going to be there as long as you are <laughs> if you do it right. you got one thing to do in broadcast. Be honest. Give your honest opinion and don't worry about anybody else except the listener. If the listener is liking what you're saying, you're going to survive the worst bosses the worst coaches and the worst owners. Oh, those bosses. Oh, my God. I've been with the biggest companies. I know what they're like. They tell you how to do things, and you end up, you know, it's like you give your life to them, but then when they do wrong, then it's still our fault. Well, yeah, but uh, then you're going to love a, a, a section in my book because five years into my tenure at WIP Sports Radio, um, I couldn't stand my boss. I couldn't <laughs> take him. And I went to my agent. I said, I'm leaving. I can't deal with this guy. And he said, let me see what I could do. And he had a clause put in my contract, which I reprinted in the book, which said my boss could not speak to me without my permission. <laughs> Is that a great clause or what? <laughs> I love that because too many of those people would either hit me on the hotline or they would come banging through the door and you're going, what? What? I'm just doing my exactly. job. <laughs> he did it to me on the hotline. Yeah. Uh, he, he came out and he said, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Mike Tyson biting off the ear of Evander Holyfield. And I said, everyone in the world is talking about it. He said, we don't talk about boxing. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I hung the phone up and then I just kept talking about boxing. Mm -hmm. And then after the show, I told him he couldn't talk to me. You've been a part of the evolution of sports radio because there was once a time sports was only a three minute little uh, excerpt that you put inside your, your newscast at the top or the bottom of the hour. 100%. And here's what happened. Basically, when they went to a 24-hour sports format, they didn't have enough people with broadcasting experience to do it. So they pulled people like me who were just, you know, writers with no experience. And they said, here, get in the studio. Yeah. No professional hosts with you. 
sink or swim. And um, those first couple of years, I'm glad the tapes are no longer available. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. <laughs> oh, but going back to listen to those tapes, so that to me, that's 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 like one of the you know standing on the sidelines and studying the game by listening to your old tapes on how what not to do. Exactly. Oh my God! If anybody ever actually had those tapes, I, that would be it. I would never sell another book. I'm telling you, they were bad. They were really bad. So when you put the book loud together. What was it like for you to release it from your mind, body, and soul? Because you've already been living it. You're a hundred percent. That's the, it's cathartic. It's like, all right, I got all this 33 years of memories. Let me all do it. And and I set a deadline for myself because I wanted it out the same year I retired. So I wrote 92,000 words in six and a half weeks. Mm. And um, it, it just all poured out. It was an amazing thing. When you write yours, you're going to find out how all this stuff just comes out at once. And you've probably got great stories about rock stars and people you've met. <laughs> I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> but, you know, there, there is one thing as, as, as an author. When, when you release it like you have... Enough negative reviews in the years I was on the radio. Now <laughs> I got to hear how I'm a lousy writer, too. <laughs> so I'm trying to block out that part of it, although so far um, the process has been mostly positive, including the book tour. I, I love talking to people from all over the country that I otherwise would never have a chance to meet. Yes, yes, yes. Now, being up there in Philly, the one thing that Jerry Valancourt once told me, if you don't get in there and make those fans, if you can't rock their world, then you're not connecting with the community. You've got to learn to go to the opposite way sometimes just to get them involved in that conversation. Exactly right. That is the key piece of advice you could give for Philly. Bond with these people. Even if you end up arguing with them, they'll respect you more than if you act like you're above them. Because these guys here, this is a blue-collar city. and They don't need pontificating. They don't need highbrow stuff. They need you to give your opinion the way they give their opinion, Mm -hmm. minus the profanity. Mm-hmm. When it comes time for it to walk away from that microphone, are you going to have to sit down with your teenage self and say, look, okay, thank you for the ride. We're going we're gonna to move on, but, but, but thank you so much for being the original part of this journey. Yeah, that's a, that's, it, it's not easy. Uh, I've been uh, dealing with the first months of it right now, and mm. I can tell you that um, it's your identity, and yes. you have to find a new one. But when you've been getting up at 2.30 in the morning the way I did for all those years, Sleep until eight is pretty awesome. I'll figure it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Angelo, I'm having that situation right now and where I'm waking up at 730 going, okay, wait a second. Your mother used to wake yeah. you up at 730. You're okay. If you start waking up at nine o'clock, now we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, <laughs> lifestyle's important too, man. And I'm, I'm ready to embrace a, a, a more relaxed one. <laughs> what did you learn from this journey? Uh, what I learned from the journey is that don't always go with the cliche. Uh, I always thought when I came to Philly, I went, that is, those fans are going to be rough. Mm-hmm. And they are rough, but they're also big hearted. And um, get the whole story. Don't be intimidated by the image of a city. Have enough confidence in yourself that you'll connect with them. And that's what I did. Did you have those conversations with any of the people on the fields and on the courts and things that where it's like, OK, you can you can share your story with me, because if you don't give me the full story, I'm going to go find it and I'm going to rely on my skills to make sure that story stays out there. Yeah, I was a journalist for 20 years. That was my whole job. And um, I would go in there and, and I would uh, write a story and I would go in the next day. Twice I was physically attacked 
by people I had written about because they did not agree with my writing <laughs> or maybe just the way I wrote. I don't know. But um, you can't let that bother you. You're, the story, the whole common denominator, get as close to the truth as you can, whether it's your truth or somebody else's truth. Be honest enough and have enough respect for the listeners to think that they will understand that that's your job. Wow. Well, thank you so much for this book, Loud Dude, because I'm really going to use it as a tool in my broadcasting classes because I want people to know the real story behind becoming somebody inside the sports world. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you be brilliant today, okay, sir? Thank you. You too.